Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy or making effective changes to old practices. Your lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to consider a new resource, Video Journalism Pro, an online mentoring program that allows students to develop, produce, and distribute their own stories. The resource specialist assigned to help you with this task is Clement Townsend. Welcome to another installment of the Meet the Resources series, where I feature the educational equivalent of gecko gloves, smart contacts, or flute guns, technology that has been created to make your impossible lessons actually possible. A reminder that Lesson Impossible receives no compensation for featuring resources, just the satisfaction of knowing that somewhere a student might be more engaged in their learning, or a teacher might be able to leave work a little bit earlier. As I continue to record Meet a Resource episodes, I'm constantly amazed at the plethora of resources available for students. I remember being assigned a career project in the eighth grade, and as the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation was the soundtrack of my childhood, I chose radio journalism. In crafting my report, did I talk to a real radio journalist about what their job was like? No. Did I have the chance to find out what it was like to actually record a story? Also no. Did I take the bus to the public library and check out a bunch of outdated books? Yes. The fact that students have access to a resource like Clement Townsend, a media professional who can guide them from initial research to story production while sharing industry anecdotes, makes me very jealous but also excited for all the skills and experiences that the students of today get to have that the Aviva of yesterday never did. This episode, I'm happy to introduce you to another resource specialist, and also to celebrate the fact that although I've never recorded anything for the CBC, in many ways this podcast is a realization of a future I contemplated over 20 years ago. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me and the listeners today on another episode of Meet a Resource. I have my amazing resource today, Clement Townsend. And Clement, why don't I let you introduce yourself to the listeners? Thank you so much for having me, Aviva. Again, as you mentioned, I'm Clement Townsend. I help teachers integrate media into their curriculum. So my background is a journalist. I actually grew up in a household with educators. My mom and my dad were both educators, but that was not, that was never really my intention. I was a huge sports fan, so I wanted to pursue media to try to stay around sports. Wasn't good enough to be an athlete, so figured I can have a career, you know, in the media. My parents told me to have a plan, so that was what I tried to do. Went to college in Philadelphia, and my TV career took me across the country, San Angelo, Texas. Mobile, Alabama, where I covered the Super Bowl, NBA All-Star Game, college football championships, then went to Lynchburg, Virginia, and finally back home to Chicago. And then after 17 years, a pretty good run on television, I was laid off, and that was a turning point for me. Throughout my TV career, I met so many young people that wanted to know what I did and wanted to get more information about how they could do it. So it was at that point when I got laid off, well, I knew that it was some value that I could provide for young people to teach them about media. 
I always say it's hard for young people to or students to aspire to what they haven't been exposed to. So I really felt I could, you know, take my training or my knowledge into the school system and start to teach youth about media because certainly technology is so prevalent in our society. So I was in schools uh, helping students in front of the camera, film, editing things of that nature, and then COVID-19 hit. And like so many people, I had to transition. I still had the passion for youth, still wanted to teach media. So I decided, what if I could do everything online? What if I can create something on demand where students could still learn, you know, in their homes, uh, through the Internet and still learn these concepts of media and still get the training? So over several months, I was able to put lessons together and then created Video Journalism Pro. And so I guess everything is full circle Never had any intention to be an educator, but I guess it was always in me from the beginning, like my parents. And are your parents cackling and reminding you how they were right all along, that education was the way to go? (laughs) They don't necessarily bring that up. They don't rub it in my face like that. They're just proud to see me, you know, making an impact on the next generation. You sounds like didn't have something like Video Journalism Pro in your career. What are some of the things that you wish you had had someone guide you with in your career? Absolutely. I didn't have anything like that. I didn't have a Video Journalism Pro. I didn't have any, I guess, mentorship or anything of that nature. Certainly, I wish that I was able to connect with somebody when I was in middle school or high school. I wish I was able to, you know, kind of touch them or see them to just to just know that it was possible. Certainly, again, with my parents being educators, they always told me everything was possible. And I had, you know, a pretty good amount of self-confidence and self-belief. But some students, some teenagers need a little bit more. So I really feel for them to be able to see me in person when I was in schools or now hear me give the lessons online, that just makes things more tangible, more realistic. And I think it just certainly helps them potentially move into media, opens up their perspective about that possibility, about that career avenue. And even if it doesn't, it's so many other skills and benefits that they can gain from going through the program, not just necessarily wanting to go into media like I did. That doesn't have to be the outcome for them. For teachers who are very much, a lot of them scrambling to find lessons and things to engage their students. And at first I was thinking it would probably only be like journalism and media teachers. But the more that I thought about it, I was like, well, no, maybe maybe I could get my social studies students really interested in this and the reporting aspect and the analyzing and all that kind of stuff. What do I as a teacher do to connect my students to what you have to offer? Certainly, it's an online program that comes with video lessons. It's kind of plug and play. You know, it's digital, um, a workbook as well. But to your point, social studies, uh, certainly English, you know, uh, ELA, English language arts. I I think this is perfect for those um, subjects and things of that nature. Really just taking anything that kind of has a writing component and now adding a speaking component with video to it. So in an English example, you know, instead of children or students just writing a story, now they're kind of voicing a story and adding video that they maybe film with their camera phone. Again, a school or a class, they don't have to have expensive equipment. They can start with what they have. Certainly they can take pictures from the Internet and integrate that into their story. So really just starting to uh, integrate them to video because certainly so many students and teenagers are watching YouTube and 
Facebook Live and things of that nature. And even social studies, possibly, you know, just doing mock interviews. Um, maybe if they're just talking about uh, past people, uh, people of significance, you know, what would it be like to talk to someone or potentially interview someone from some time ago? And let's do like a practice interview to get the um, students engaged, to get them active, to get them developing, again, those speaking skills, those interpersonal skills when you're doing interviews and things of that nature. So so teachers are so creative. So there could be a myriad of ways that they can take this video journalism pro course and, and uh, weave it and integrate it into their classroom. I just kind of provide a framework because some teachers, as you mentioned, they're on the internet and scouring and trying to piece things together so this is something that's all together in one a curriculum. And if they're hesitant about video and media and editing, if they don't know how to do it, this can allow them to implement it with confidence. Yeah. And there's something I think really special about having a person with a professional background speaking directly to the students. You know, it's one thing to say, well, this is what is important in media, but I'm a teacher who lives in your hometown. And another thing for someone who has actually interviewed LeBron James to say, this is what's important. Absolutely. I think that credibility holds a lot of weight with students um, when they kind of look at what I've done. As you mentioned, whether it's a LeBron James or been in a press conference during the Super Bowl where Beyonce was talking about uh, how she was going to perform at halftime. And just, I mean, so many big coaches, whether it's Nick Saban and, and things of that nature, um, for them to know that this is what I actually did on a daily basis. And these are some of the ways in which you can do that now and how it can actually benefit them. From when you started your career to now, how much has the business changed? A ton. Um, it's changed tremendously. Certainly, I first started in 2001, and the internet in and of itself wasn't nearly as big as you know it is now. Um, in my first job, we weren't on the internet daily and posting things daily. And then, as I mentioned now, you know, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and things of that nature, the great benefit or I guess the biggest change that I really like educators to take away is teenagers, students, middle schoolers now have the ability to publish and distribute their content to a broad audience. When I was in high school or middle school, you know, I didn't have a camera phone, so you couldn't record. And even if there was some type of video recording device, where would you put it for people to see it? But now in the technology age, you know, most people have a device in their pocket and then a school can now have content go on their website that students created. And, and I always frame it, Aviva, in terms of student voice. So what do they want to talk about, you know? trying to get them to participate in the, the project creation process. So if they want to talk about bullying or if they want to talk about the election or COVID-19 or whatever it is, try to, you know, get them involved in the process, but also try to get them involved in, you know, what is happening in their school or maybe it's an organization. Who better to tell the stories about what's happening at a school than those participants? So it's changed tremendously in that I truly feel Every school should be able to promote their brand from within because now with the device and the technology and now with different platforms, students can create content. And I believe that just kind of adds to the 
the community engagement. The parents can see it. Alumni can see it. Uh, community people can see it. I just feel that just kind of adds to the school pride and just has tremendous benefits. That's such an interesting idea. I never thought of a school as having a brand, <laughs> but we do. We have mascots and we have songs and all those sorts of things. And I'm sure if you asked people in the community, you know, what do you know about blank high school? There's certainly a perception of how one high school is different from another or one elementary is different from another. But yeah, it really is branding. And especially as there's more and more magnet schools and you're competing for students, there's probably marketing there too. And this could be that differentiation. Hey, look at what's going on here. Certainly in this current climate, they might not be having as many activities, uh, but in a regular setting, look at what we're doing with the chess club or the science fair or this or that. And now, you know, again, with the videos and the stories and the interviews, look at our teacher who won a golden apple to be able to really highlight and showcase those things. So many schools still have a newsletter and they send those things home and they tell people about it. But maybe it's just me or people because I'm a journalist. I'm partial to be able to see it, to be able to showcase it through video and editing and having actual not necessarily photos, but video to go along with it just makes it even more, I guess, tangible and, 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 and community oriented. I'm sure you've definitely piqued a lot of people's interest, teachers and perhaps administrators that are like, "Ooh, branding. How do people go about signing up and what is the pay structure like? So is the website is videojournalismpro.com. And certainly there are three different packages, all depending on how much interaction they would like with me. You know, so again, all the lessons are on demand. So the teacher would have the lessons and the students could watch them in class or they could watch them asynchronous, you know, as assignments and things of that nature. Some schools would like me to come on and do a Zoom for some lessons. You know, again, as you mentioned, Aviva, to be able to have the expert myself uh, interact with the class and do a Q&A. Some students would like that type of uh, participation, but other schools might just want the lessons and, and the workbook and, and kind of just work through it at their own pace the way they would like to. So it is different um, structures, different pricing, depending on how much interaction they would like for me. Of course, you know, the more interaction you would have for me, that would raise the price. But again, I, I make it very affordable for many schools. And I, I think it's just so important for schools to have some sort of media. Certainly, you know, a lot of schools have music. A lot of schools have art. But as we've talked about branding and things of that nature, when you have media, you can now kind of control your message. So it's important to have those things, but I think it's important to have media as well. Um, and, and every school can't doesn't have the budget for a full, you know, production, you know, cameras, this and green screen, that and TriCaster. So this makes it to me really economical and affordable for students to start creating stories and, and, and schools to really just start again to create content and, and showcase what they have going on in addition to helping the students um, with the skills that they uh, need. And I just want to point this out as well, too. It's a life skills component, Aviva. You know, we talk about the speaking skills because a student gets to narrate a story. It's the writing skills because anytime you talk about, you know, doing a story, you have to write. And, and it's just the creativity because you could create a story about your school and I could create a story about your school as well. 
And either one of them would be right, but it just depends on our different perspective. So different students will want to highlight different aspects of things. They might ask different questions. They might put it together and edit it differently. So I just truly believe if a student uh, can tap into their creative side, that just has so many benefits because now as they become an adult, they can get out of their comfort zone and be creative. And I just think that just unlocks so many doors of opportunity for students. I think there's also a really amazing avenue of media study, but of truly understanding the role of media and being media literate. Like I I find that I can preach to my kids about reading articles carefully or not always believing what they view, but until you make your own story and you're deciding where you cut off the quote or what photo you choose to use with what expression on their face, you don't really understand the role of bias. I agree with that. Certainly, um, to your point, until someone goes through the process, they don't know how it all comes together. Um, And to even expand on that when it comes to like media, just the research part, that's something that I cover heavily in the Video Journalism Pro course Um, the background research and checking out, you know, different articles and different interviews and making sure that you're well versed in whatever the topic is that you're discussing um, to make sure that you're accurate. Certainly in this day and age, as I've mentioned before, technology allows a lot of people to publish and disseminate. But, you know, that has also added to a lot of inaccuracies. So making sure as they go through the process that um, students understand the importance of accuracy in addition to um, the sound bites that they choose um, and the way in which the topic is shared and things of that nature. Awesome. So look at your website. You have some limited time pricing right now. Uh, So for the classroom, it's... from the basic level for 997 to the premium, which you get a lot on um, for 1997. And then you also have smaller groups, maybe people that are doing homeschooling uh, would be interested and in that's starting at 497. How long do you think the limited time special pricing is going to be up there? Yeah, I would probably say you know limited time pricing in the next you know towards the end of the year. You know, we probably would be looking to increase our prices at this point. You know, certainly I want to ensure teacher satisfaction and student satisfaction as well. So, you know, it comes to a point whereby um, I have to kind of uh, cut things off and increase the prices uh, to make sure that everybody is satisfied, that I actually that the students have the success that I want to make sure that they have. Because at the end of the day, making sure that the students learn and have success and create, that's the main thing. So I I definitely like to keep the focus on that. How can people get a hold of you or follow you on social media? Certainly uh, on Facebook, C Townsend TV, my first initial C Townsend, T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D, C Townsend TV, Instagram, the same handle C Townsend TV, and also LinkedIn, Clement Townsend. Awesome. Well, Clement, thank you so much for sharing your resource with us. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Thank you for having me. This episode will not self-destruct in five seconds, but will remain available on your preferred podcasting platform. 
more details about this episode, links to resources or people we mentioned, and information in general about the podcast and its mission can be found at lessonimpossible.com. If you enjoy the podcast, you can help other listeners discover it by rating and reviewing on iTunes, forwarding it to a colleague, or posting a link in your favorite educational chat. This has been Lesson Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin. 